Stories from the Honky Moon Café Written and read by Barclay Johnson Watch out for brambles On my way to the shop late one morning, a neighbour told me there was a limousine in the street. I presumed she meant limousin. A local farm had a herd, and it was more likely than a stretched taxi, but I was wrong. Awards ceremonies and opening nights would have limos queuing up to discharge their celebrities onto the waiting red carpet, but nowadays it would be more likely to be a hen party bent on clubbing. The limo had become commonplace, but not during the day, and certainly not in our village, and certainly not parked outside our village shop. As I walked past this stretched monstrosity, I heard a gentle hiss, and one of the several darkened windows slowly lowered, revealing, from what I could see beneath large dark glasses, a tanned woman's face, and therefore probably not a local. Uh, Hi, can you tell me, uh, is there a pub near here? I said there was, and pointed to it across the street. She thanked me, and was trying to see through the windows on the opposite side, as the open window gently hissed its closing, informing me that the interview was at an end. In the shop there was only one other customer, a man in his forties, and I presumed the driver of the limo. Rather than looking like a chauffeur, he had the air of a bodyguard or a minder. I decided he was probably both. Having had a brief chat with Paul whilst buying my paper, I left his shop to find the limo was still outside. It'll come as no surprise that its presence had made me curious, and having what I thought was a clue to the occupant's whereabouts... I decided a thirst that had suddenly developed needed quenching. The man I had seen in the shop was in animated conversation with the woman I had spoken to in the limo, still with her dark glasses on. The bar in the drum describes a right angle, so if someone, or a couple, are on one side, being on the other affords a good view, though not near enough to hear if a couple are whispering. Perish the thought that I would ever eavesdrop on a private conversation, However, ears were never made to be closed, unlike mouths. So it was hardly my fault if I overheard some disagreement between the, let's say, minder, who I think was English, and the woman, who was American. The man appeared to be concerned that she'd gone public, by which I presumed their presence in the area was supposed to be secret. As the minder headed for the direction of the toilets, the woman turned round and looked in my direction. With such large, dark glasses... It's impossible to know where someone is actually looking, so I smiled, but then got on with pretending to read my paper. Soon after the minder had returned, they both drank up and left. No sooner had they done so than Dave appeared. You know who that was, don't you? No, that was... And I'm afraid I have reasons why I can't tell you. Obviously, I had heard of her. You'd have to be living on another galaxy not to... She'd been a music phenomenon since her first record, and she'd never been out of the headlines for one reason or another. With some research, I found that she was making a film in the UK, but the tabloid headlines were all about her marriage problems. There were pages about her current private life and stories from her past just to fill up space. There were plenty of titillating photos alongside those showing her in as embarrassing a situations as possible and caught off guard. The following day, Dave called past with his dog and handed me a scrap of paper and said, Some are born famous, some have fame thrust upon them, and some just go walking with them. And then he left. A day later, I approached the Colliers, 
a mock Tudor mansion owned by a film producer who was never there. At the wrought iron gates I requested entry, dressed to take a walk, as instructed, and having been told to tell no one. The housekeeper let me in, but soon she'd been dismissed, and someone was looking me up and down. Okay, the guy in the pub tells me you know plenty of places where I can go walk, right? Uh, right, yeah. Uh, what do you charge? For what? Showing me where I can walk. Uh, nothing. Ha, <laughs> no way, mister. You ain't gonna tell nobody I can't afford to pay you. I'm not gonna tell anyone anything. Um, it's none of their business. Okay, but if anyone asks you, I offered, right? Why do Americans always think it's about money? She, who must be obeyed, began opening a box and revealed a bright new pair of pink Nike trainers. Uh, you're not going to go walking in those, are you? Of course not. They're my earmuffs. Of course I'm wearing them. You think I should wear these? And she held up a pair of stilettos. Well, it, it just might be a bit muddy. Yeah, your point is... I shrugged my shoulders and decided the sooner I could get out of this and back to the pub and demand compensation from Dave by way of free drinks for life, so much the better. The lane passing the colliers took us up to a bridleway, linking to a footpath and up to the common. We hardly spoke, other than she telling me that she's only doing this because the film company couldn't find a replacement personal trainer that she could work with. I wonder why. She then told me I could make a few bucks taking people for walks. I think, from what I was wearing, she had judged I was destitute, or at least homeless. It didn't surprise me that the usual abundance of wildlife was absent, probably sheltering from the visual onslaught. Her purple glamour-flage Parker, day-glow baseball cap and electric blue pashmina scarf were enough to bring tears to your eyes. I stopped at a clearing and waited for her to catch up, but the pashmina got caught in some overhanging brambles. The more annoyed she got, the more tangled she became, until she stood there fuming and expecting me to help, which I couldn't due to being helpless myself with laughing. I told her that this was not the way to do it, and next time we would do it my way or not at all, and I wouldn't release her until she agreed which she did when I started walking away. Walking back, something had changed. The atmosphere was relaxed, we chatted, and it was almost pleasant. From a distance, we could see there were cars parked in the lane and photographers near the gates to the colliers. I tried to make her look as inconspicuous as possible and lent her my walking jacket and hat. She removed her glasses and replaced them with my map-reading ones. Wearing both coats made her twice the size, and that was what worked best because we walked nonchalantly past the reporters and entered the house through a field at the back. With her suitably attired in an old jacket, flat cap and wellies, there were two more walks before the press were everywhere. Eventually she was rumbled and we were followed and the house was then surrounded, with no way in or out without running the gauntlet. A fortnight after she'd moved away... I still had several callers a day pretending to be something else other than reporters. They approached me in the pub, followed me to the shop, convinced I was involved in her life somehow. They pestered my neighbours asking if they'd heard or seen anything. Could they come in and listen? 
It was two weeks before the circus moved on. I couldn't have survived two months, let alone a lifetime. Celebrity status is a gilded cage, she told me. You crave to be normal like you remember you could be. Do normal things, be alone, have your life, but it's impossible. Also, she told me, you can only fail. They build you up, and if you aren't grateful and present yourself as the person they imagine you to be, demand that you are, they'll damn you. You're not allowed to change or to grow old without them disapproving or ridiculing you. That's the media, I said. The media just gives the people what they pay for. Those that buy the papers and watch the screens, she told me. What does that tell you about the people? They're hooked, she said. Fed a little truth, and when that runs out, anything will do, until they can't tell the difference. What about you? I asked. Sure, she said. I can't remember what reality is either. I guess one day I'll have to go cold turkey, if I last that long. You will, I told her. Just watch out for the brambles.